Trash. Trash. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's episode is a South by Southwest 2019 extravaganza, I guess. I don't know what to name this yet. So it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I'm going to figure out a name, but I don't know what it is yet. So <clears throat> let me give you just a brief overview of how this is going to work. I'm going to... So first of all, at South by... South by was amazing. Austin's incredible, beautiful. San Antonio's beautiful and it was incredible as well. Um, but trying to lock people down to do interviews at a festival is fucking hard. I did it last year and it just worked out because I was able to talk to one of the dudes from the Mau Mau Chaplains who are just a, a, a reggae institution in Austin, uh, along with the Flamingo Cantina, which is just a very popular place on 6th Street in Austin, Texas. <clears throat> so I schedule, I have a lot of podcasts coming up from connections I made in Austin and while I'm down there. So we're going to do some Skype, uh, Skype stuff coming up in the future. And uh, so let me just tell you what's going to happen for the South by Southwest things. Uh, I'm going to do a little solo thing here. Uh, if you're not interested, you can fast forward to the interview because we do have a, a quick guest. I'm just going to sort of cram this all together. It's going to be kind of a variety show. I'm going to put uh, uh, his name it is Bradley Lewis, and his company is Hairline Inc. And you can find him at Hairline underscore Inc. or uh, at Brad Lewis, all one word, on Instagram. And so uh, we talked to him, and, and I'm going to add him. It was a very quick interview, but it was very useful. And he's a, a marketing, online marketing guy who uh, really understands how to use social media, Google. Uh, all these tools to get your message out, whatever it is, whether it's his hairline, which hairline underscore ink at hairline underscore ink uh, or hairline ink, I think dot com uh, uh, is a tattooed hair thing. So they tattoo on little specks that look like hair and it, and it gives you looks like you have little, you know, stubble of hair. It's cool. I dig it. Um, it, I, I don't know if I would do it. Maybe I would. I don't know if I'd look good with short hair. I am losing my hair, so I am looking for alternatives here. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's doing great with it. He's a young man. He's like 27 or something. And, um, you know, he's a COO of this company that's doing really well. He's opening different, uh, offices all over the country. He has one in New York City. So he knows what he's doing. Um, <coughs> But he also has done work with music and bands. And so we talk a lot in depth on how you can market your band online for tours and for other stuff. Uh, he gave me so much good and valuable information that I have put into practice and I have already seen results. So like the thing that's not on the the chat that we talk about is uh is instagram uh how to use instagram and he was like how to grow it he's like the best way to do it is spam people like computers but with the human touch so that means put it in the work which i spent a good amount of my time yesterday morning commenting on uh, and i just searched the 
the the what you do is you search the hashtag, uh, whatever hashtag you're looking for. So for me, I put like music podcast, and then I go to the top ten, comment, like their post, comment directly on whatever the image is or whatever they're saying. And I mean, it takes time, so you got to do this for the top ten. Uh, top, you do it ten times for the top ten people who have that hashtag, and um, already I've been able to reach out and I'm talking to some uh, another podcast about doing some cross promotions, doing each other's podcast, and and so on. So like it's already gotten me past this slump because I was trying to get to seven hundred on uh, on Instagram and maintain it and i just could not maintain 700 because instagram is some kind of weird fucking children's game that only people under the age of 30 know how to use and my wife so anyways I, i've been doing this now he told me to do it every day and uh one thing i do want to add uh for the end of that uh, for that conversation, which is not going to be for another good while because I got a lot to say about South by and we're just getting there and I'm just kind of prepping you for what this this podcast is going to be like. So, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to mention that he, he this is something you have to do every day. And this is what he told me. He's like, and I told him, I was like, wow, this information you give me is very valuable. And I'm sure you get paid well to tell people this. He's like, you know what? I don't mind. He's like half the time. He's like, I don't care about sharing information. The thing is, no one's going to do it better than me, (laughs) which he was very confident and and, as he should be. You know, it wasn't rude about it, but he was like, you know, no one's going to be better than me at it. And I'm sure there is because there's always someone better, but he's very successful ways to do it. And I, and I am. I'm listening to him and, and I'm paying attention and I'm locked in. He's like, and I tell people this shit all the time, but are they actually going to take the time to do it? He's like, you know, this is stuff that I had to do at the beginning. And now that we have enough followers, his company Hairline Inc. has enough followers, he, he doesn't have to do so much of the, the, the drudge work. And he's actually hired. Actually, he does do the drudge work. He just hires a Filipino lady in the Philippines. <laughs> Which is amazing. I wish we could have talked about that, but but he was just telling me how like these um, these online marketplaces that are successful and really starting to generate income. You know, like you shop out your 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 workload, and so that's what he's been doing. And and uh, he was very fascinating to talk to. He's very full of information. I wish we could have talked longer, but he was just there at an inverter show, and I'm trying to get Al from the inverters a ska punk band from austin texas pretty awesome i i I got a bootleg of their show so i'm we're setting stuff up with al right now the singer uh but you know he mentions the inverters in our conversation that's going to come up after this whole diatribe i have semi prepared (laughs) there's not it's not prepared at all uh but it is prepared a little bit so I recorded this um, this solo cast, not this one currently, but I recorded one um, on the way from San Antonio to Austin, and it was right after I dropped off Chris from my band, Skanks Roots Project, the bass player at the airport, and I headed right up to Austin, and, and I went to talk to uh, Brad Lewis, who we're going to hear from soon, shortly, 
kind of. And uh, and I was trying to get an interview with the inverters, Al, and I met a few people, and I ended up going to lunch with some people. It was nice. Checked out the festival, but I was alone. I felt lonely, and so I just went and checked out a few bands. There's this amazing band, which I, I wish I could remember their name. I'm going to suck at not remembering their name. So good. So good from Australia. Just beautiful voice, just passionate singing. And man, if I could only remember her name. Well, it's not her name. It was like Harmony something. Anyways, I'm not going to look it up right now. So let's jump back. Uh, So I did record something on the way from San Antonio to Austin after I dropped off Chris, but I I listened back to it. It's kind of unenthusiastic. I'm kind of like emotionally drained because of the three days of just going so hard. And then I had three more days just where I was just going to sort of be on my own and hanging out with friends in San Antonio. We'll get to that. <laughs> so let, let's just start. Uh, so so basically, I, I scrapped that one I did in the car, and I'm actually using it as a reference to sort of just pick up on anything I might have forgotten. There's some key points I kind of want to cover here. So let, again, let's start from the beginning. So as you guys know, um, I, I, I've been talking on the last couple podcasts how I'm not looking forward to flying directly into Austin, having to Uber over to the gig and going right on stage. But that's what happened. And that and that's what I expected. But I'm a very good planner. I plan shit out in my head. So when the, the moment arises, I'm not sitting there with my thumb up my ass because I easily get get overwhelmed and, and and instead of taking action, I'll just sit there thinking, like, how am I going to – I'll just have my thumb up my ass trying to figure out how I'm going to get myself out of this and in panic mode. And when you're in panic mode, nothing gets done. So if you at least have a little bit of a plan before you go into this, this chaos, at least you might be able to surf it a little. Uh, you might get your ass handed to you by a wave of chaos, but at least you're prepared somewhat for, for anything. And that's basically what you got to do. You got to put your mindset as like you got to be prepared for anything and, and accept whatever happens because otherwise you're going to make yourself crazy. So what? So I, I the flight was nice. I did. You know, I, I meditated on the way to the airport in Detroit. Uh, I was meditating on the plane. I was doing some breathing exercises, listening to a book. Uh, what, what's the guys? The Scottish guy who used to have a late night show. God, what's his name? pretty good book actually i was i was listening to it on the plane i wish i could remember his name whatever so i get in it austin land i know the plan it's like go get my keyboard and then hit that uber button and, and call yourself a uber do that i have to ride some weird little tram to the uber pickup place so i had to do that i didn't know that i'm just standing around like so do i call the uber here i don't know what's going on so uh i i asked somebody they sent me to the tram and and i get to my uber now the uber now my plan was i was gonna listen to the songs on the way to the club because when i landed it was around four or no i landed at three my gig was at five downtown austin on a Friday uh, at rush hour during fucking South by Southwest. Oh, no, this was on a Wednesday. My bad. Not a Friday. I don't know what I'm talking about. So this was Wednesday, the 13th of March. My God, I got it all wrong. See, this is why I have notes or else it's all going to be garbage. 
So I get my Uber. Uh, I plan on putting my headphones in and immediately, because I know how Uber drivers are. I know how you motherfuckers are. You probably listen to, if, if you're an Uber driver and listening to this, you're probably just like, yeah, I know. I know how we are. Y'all like to talk sometimes. That's cool. I don't mind talking to people. That's what I do. That's what this podcast is all about. I talk to people and try not to be weird around them um, so they're uncomfortable and they tell me things. <laughs> So this guy launches right into it. He sees my keyboard. He's just like, oh, you're a musician. You're playing the festival, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then and then he starts getting into talking about... He, the conversation somehow steers towards plane crashes and like what you would do in those final moments. And, and, and I told him, I was like, you know, I, I honestly don't know how I'd react because... I mean, I've never been in that situation. I've been in like panicked uh, situations before where like you have to be quick on your th- feet or, or, you know, you just, you don't know who you are until you're in these fucking situations, you know. You don't know what kind of man you are until you have a gun pointed in your face. I've never had a gun pointed in my face, but I imagine that I would just shit my pants. That I mean, just immediately um, turds rolling down my pant leg onto the floor uh, this guy's gonna be like, wow, give me your fucking money, you nasty motherfucker. So, he starts telling me about how if he was in an airplane and he want, and, and, and it was going down, he would grab the nearest, most beautiful woman and have his way with her. Now I'm now I'm telling you this because he's telling me, you know, like his thing, and like the conversation's okay and it's good. This dude's cool. He's a Puerto Rican dude from Queens or some shit, or, or Brooklyn, and uh, he, he's a cool dude. I mean, I like I like the energy of New Yorkers, anyways, especially like especially with the ones with melatonin, melanin, melatonin, melanin, brown people, uh, because they have such a real sense to them. Not that the white people of New York don't, but it's just like, I just love that attitude that comes with the, the brown, the brown out there. It, it's beautiful. Brown's beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Uh, nothing against the white. It's just that y'all know that there's a, there's attitude and cultural differences and that's what makes America great. We're moving on. <laughs> so, uh, he's cool. He's lively. He's colorful. He has a, he has a, he's a character. Right. And then, so he's telling me this and all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, so you would rape a girl, your last moments in your life. And, and you would choose to like rape some girl. <laughs> and I'm like, that that's awful i was like what if you live what if the plane lands just fine he's like well we'll all have to answer for that i guess and so he didn't say full-on rape right he wasn't like rape he was just had my way with this you know i i, I just had my way with this girl like like this is where her mind would be too is like you know I, i'm just need some random puerto rican dude to come you know dick me down in the last moments of my life 
I mean, there's so many questions like immediately arises when someone's like, I mean, like, do you have enough time to finish? I mean, like, are you going to be able to get it up with all that adrenaline dump? I mean, this woman, is she going to be, even if she's saying no, I mean, like, are you just going to like hurt her to get your way? Like, like how deep are we talking about? So he didn't necessarily come out and say rape. He just said, had my way with a girl, the closest, the most beautiful girl closest to me. And so I asked him, I was like, so what if you, what if the plane lands and, 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 uh, you know, everyone lives? He was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll go to prison. And so he kind of doubles down on the whole situation. He's like, he, 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 he's almost like he wants you to know that, yeah, this is a, a unwanted sexual act. And now I'm not trying to make light of this because it kind of like put me in a fucked up place cuz I was just like having this conversation with this guy. It's funny. We're laughing, you know what I mean? Like we're exchanging. It's a good conversation. It was good enough for me to be like fuck listening to music to the the music I'm about to have to go perform in, you know, a few minutes. So I get there and and I get there about 15 minutes before we have to play which uh which was just enough time. Thank God. Um, and I meet the drummer for the first time, who is a guy who's a local Austin guy named Thomas, who is amazing. He plays with the Inverters, actually, um, the ska band. And, um, you know, we exchange a few words and that's it. And then it was time to set up and go. And so um, I think I'm going to play. I think I'm going to do some Skanks Roots project. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'll do the whole show. I don't know. But we'll I'll have some of the show on there because Thomas was just such a monster drummer. Like he just and uh, he just had a perfect reggae feel, and like he didn't know you know like we we threw a lot at him and and he listened to the music. You could tell he listened to the music. You could tell he learned the music, and and you know it was a good hour I think or no forty five minutes set, and that's not you know forty five minutes of music to learn that's a lot man that's a, that's a fucking lot and he just wanted to do it because it's us which is you know that's very nice but we ended up paying him of course because he fucking worked his ass off we loved him so much that we want to take him to hawaii with us in april so um we're, we're trying to figure out that situation but i think actually ak um adrian Cineros from uh the uh, original whalers and uh, i think he's playing in a band with ian now ian young uh but he's he's a friend of the band yeah uh, ak might as well be like the 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 like 20th member the silent partner he he helps with production and stuff for our albums and he's he's been all, like especially this last album he just like he was such a big contributor uh and, and he he mixed and mastered the whole thing it sounds beautiful uh, and he's he contributed a lot of beats in in the past. So AK is basically a member of the team. So I think he's actually going with us to Hawaii. I'm not sure if I'm going or not yet. We're still working out details with the promoter. Uh, they might not be able to flip my bill, and I'm not gonna pay. So <laughs> that's how it goes. Anyways, now that I got off track, Thomas is was crazy. It was great. The the set went perfect, like as perfect as you could ask for. I asked for a microphone behind everybody's back because I've been singing with the band I play locally here in Toledo, uh, Green Acre Session. I, I've been singing and I have my own mic and I've been talking on a mic and kind of just sort of getting comfortable with it. And so I just took it upon myself to do that. And um, 
immediately after the show, Eddie, who's basically the lead singer and guitarist, he's like, yeah, you don't get a microphone. <laughs> and then he he continued to keep bringing it up in our group chats. And I was like, yo, Ed, it's cool, man. You could just tell me. That's totally cool. I wasn't going to ask. It's always been my philosophy to uh, just do it and beg for forgiveness later. I mean, because like, it, it's better to beg for forgiveness later than to just be told no. And if you're not told no, it's like it's not like you weren't told yes, but you also weren't told no. So you just tried it. And I just tried it. I think it went fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it at all because I completely understand. Sometimes I'm on the mic up there and I'm just rambling, bro. It's just... <laughs> Anyways, the set goes great, and we don't really get to hang out. We're all just sort of scrambling. I have to Uber back to the fucking airport and get my rental. And I get this, like, African dude, like, straight up from Africa. I don't know where from, okay? I, you know, it's a big fucking continent. There's a lot of countries in in Africa. So he's from Africa, the continent of Africa. Um, and he doesn't speak English all that well. He doesn't speak English good. <laughs> and um he kind of and he's kind of a know-it-all so i mean like i was trying to tell him i was like oh dude your thing is uh telling you to turn there he's like this is wrong this is wrong always wrong and i'm like oh okay and i was like well it totally said that sign said to turn that way too i don't think that sign pointing towards the airport uh uh return rental car uh return is wrong i think i think the airport has their signs down this dude we're driving around the airport like he just refuses he's driving into the parking and then like he's the type of person who like gets confused and just freezes so like we're literally in the middle of the road in downtown austin and he just stops and like tries to figure out where he's going and the and and his and the uber app is telling him like keep going keep going straight and he's just like not getting it and i you know what english is not his first language i'm not holding it against him welcome to fucking america bro but fuck you dude i i i was already stressed and like i just want to get to the airport and I, i mean i wasn't rude to him i was completely nice to him I mean, there was no reason for me to freak out on this guy. He's just, he's in a new country, not really knowing what the fuck he's doing. Fuck him. I don't care. I want to get to my spot. <laughs> I need to get to my car. It's been a long fucking day. And and I just want to get to my car and fucking head down to San Antonio where we were staying. We were staying with some friends down in San Antonio. So I, 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 get my, I finally get my car. And it's way more than I thought it was going to be. Cause I, I I took a decent amount of money because I wanted to find like a cool little guitar store, which I did find one, but it wasn't in Austin. It was in San Antonio, and we'll get there. So um, I I wanted to buy like a cool like maybe a hollow body or something in Texas, just something the you know I just because I had a little extra money and I want you know I want new gear. I've been wanting a hollow body. I don't want an expensive one, so I was like maybe I can go down to Austin and find like a pawn shop or something cool, you know. But the rental ate my fucking money up. It was the weekend of South by, so all the rental places were like didn't have cars or everything was overpriced. It was crazy. 
So I get my rental. I head back and I pick up the guys because some of the guys, Ed was staying with his wife and then, and the rest of the band was staying with uh, my friends down in San Antonio. So uh, we meet up with the band. Uh, <laughs> Skanky is at Whiskey. Skanky is the spoken word poet in my band, in Skanks Roots Project, and it's also his project, Skanks. So Skanks is down at the Whiskey, uh, at, what's that place? Uh, the Coyote Ugly. It's where chicks are on the bar dancing and stuff. Um it was he's just down there getting the the two dollar you call it so he's getting bombed while we're trying to figure out my rental like the other half of the band's trying to figure out like where their hotels are you know so like we're just trying to figure this shit out so there's no real time to go hang out at the festival so uh we decide you know it's getting late and uh, skinks is like hey i met some girl named starla she said there's an $8 strip club. It's only $8. She said to go to the strip club. It's really nice. And it's it's only $8 to get in. So this is our first night in Austin. And already, here comes the fucking strip club. So we go to the fucking strip club. Now, I haven't been to the strip club since I was in my mid-20s. That's almost 10 years ago. I, and I was shit can-wasted. Almost blacked out drunk. And I'm pretty sure I was being rude to the to the strippers and the cocktail waitresses and shit. So it, it wasn't a good it was it wasn't a good look. I don't like. I'll just tell you a little about me. I don't really care for stripper like not not that I, I I judge strippers like make your money girl. All I'm saying is like it's just not for me. I don't like the idea of exchanging money for like blue balls. You know what I'm saying? Like and and first of, and, and second of all like that that shit does nothing for me. It's like I'm I I'm too it's too awkward for me to just ogle a woman. I don't even like ogling women, you know, like outside of strip clubs. Like I just I try to keep my eyes on my own prize. Of course I'm a dude. Of course I I fucking I'm checking out girls. I don't care. It's like that's how it works. I'm sorry. I'm human. But I don't sit there and stare at them like you're supposed to do, I guess. So what ends up happening is like some of the band's not tipping. I'm not tipping. I don't. I'm not, I don't. I don't want nothing to do with this. One of the dudes wanted to come. I didn't really want to be there. It turned out to be more money than eight dollars. They wanted fifteen, and we we talked them down to ten, and we did not tip. It was so rude, and, and like you know, and my etiquette's not there. I I don't hang out strip clubs regularly. I don't know what the etiquette. So girls are coming up and sitting, and we're just chatting with them, and like we're having full on conversations with these people about the about about the human condition, and and you know like are you do you think you're making your dad proud and shit like that, and it, it gets weird, you know what I mean? Like there was this one girl who came and sat down with us, and and um you know she was telling me her me her name was James, of course that's not a real name. She says it's a marketing ploy because she notices that celebrities name their girl uh girls boy names and their boy girl names or whatever it is she just thought it was good marketing she said it works she said also and then she puts her hand on my my shoulder or my arm and just sort of starts caressing and says also james shows up as a boy's name in men's phones she's like i have a thing for married men and immediately i'm like gross (laughs) because 
that's not real. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not real because I just saw her do that to another person. Not that I saw her do say or do the same thing, but I just saw her talking to another guy. She sat down next to him. Sometimes they'll come sit on your lap. I am not comfortable with that. And it has nothing to do with being married. I'm, okay, like Raina, okay, my wife. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> we, uh, my wife doesn't care if I go to a strip club. She knows I'm not going to be nasty or whatever or go to the champagne room. I don't know how gross that that place got, but it seemed okay. You know, like none of the girls were like trashy, but like some of the girls didn't have moves. But we did talk to this one girl who was pretty awesome. And she, she like all the girls were going up there and sort of just like awkwardly because there was no one in there. there. There was no money. So most of the strippers were just hanging around with each other or like the few men that were in there who were tipping they were just all over their dicks uh so but there was a lot of just i'm not i don't want to judge these women and i'm not saying they're fat or ugly or anything like that i'm just saying their moves lacked grace that's all i'm saying all i'm saying is they got up there and they like were jagged little fucking movements by some of the lighter complected women I do have to say that there was uh, one girl in particular who um, who was a uh, who was a uh, who who was a a melanin queen, I will say, and uh, she had moves. What can I say? Uh, I'm attracted. To, I'm attracted to brown girls. So it's just what it's where I'm at. It's just who I am. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. I married a black girl. What do you want? <laughs> anyways she was she was real fine and like she had great moves she had moves but the girl we were talking to and this is the girl that wasn't james and this was a girl who was um who i was like really enthralled in this like real deep conversation with she went up there and she was fucking doing tricks she was flipping and you could see it immediately after the girls after her were just giving her the eye because no one wanted to work too hard because there was no money. But she went up there and worked it. And then she came and she gave my boy a lap dance and worked it. I was like, that's amazing. And I, and I almost, almost went and got changed so I could give her a dollar. Almost, but I didn't. Then I told her, I was like, look, I just, it's not for me. This is just not for me. And my friend wanted to come, and I'm his ride, so whatever. I'm here. It, but, you know, we ended up having fun. There was lots of laughs, and, you know, the girls were great. Uh, the women were nice, the ones who talked to us. So, like, there was no bad vibes or anything. It was just, it. it's just very awkward for me, especially, I don't know. Like, there's something about making eye contact with them, because they will try to make eye contact with you, but, like, I don't like that and there is a certain there's a certain I'm not saying deadness in their eyes but there's a certain barrier that they have to put up you know you see it because they're not revealing all of themselves when they stare at you especially dancing sexily because they are trying to entice you to come up and throw dollars at them but they're what you notice is when you lock eyes with them is that there is a is, there's a boundary there there there's a wall there's this blankness to the stare that i can only imagine is like this this wall that women have to put up to like really block out like super creeps because i mean if it's one place that attracts the creeps it's 
the strip club. And again, I have nothing against strip clubs. I don't. I think prostitution should be uh, illegal and safe and clean and medically monitored. Uh, I th- I think that would be safe for the women, especially. Like, I mean, first and foremost, the women who are choosing that profession, but then also the Johns who are just trying to get a nut off. I mean there's just some real human facts that people don't like to face like dudes have to come (laughs) like it's just genetically programmed into us and it's gross and it's awful and it comes up in the most inopportune times but let me tell you it's just part of nature baby it's why does the ocean swell why does the sun set in the east or west or whatever in the west who knows it's just nature baby Anyways, got sidetracked. So after the strip club, it, it, I mean, I had a good time. One of the strippers, I'm sure, was high on heroin. She was just, like, barely keeping her heads up. She was one of the girls who was, like, hanging out with us at the table. She's like, oh, some, some. And she's kind of, like, nodding out a little bit. Uh, my buddy said that she was smoking a dab pen, but I ain't never seen no. Well, I guess I've seen dabs do that to people. Anyways, moving on. So we get to San Antonio. So let me tell you about San Antonio. I'm staying with a friend, and he's telling me about how good he is. He's been for a year. You know, he's starting to see his son. He he was formerly addicted to drugs, and um, you know, I love him. He's a really good friend of mine, and um, he was like, "Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm great. You know, just come and hang out. We're fine." And then so I told told the band, I'm like, "Hey guys, we're gonna be staying at my friend's house, and uh, you know, like he's sober." Um, you know, we can stay there for as long as we want. There's, we, we'll all get a bed, you know, there's room. We'll get our own room almost. Well, not, you know, we had a share room, but that's fine. And, and, and so they respected it. The boys in the band respected it. No booze or anything. And, and that was my big worry. It was like, I was hoping I wouldn't go down there and set my friend off into like another tweaker frenzy. I get down there and this motherfucker, this dude, the party has already started First of all, he has some lady up in his joint that has four fucking kids that are not his, and he's just helping this lady out, helping her out, air quotes, and he, she has four kids, and mind you, we get at to it, we get to his house at like four in the morning, and he is still going, and those kids, four in the morning, just screaming as loud as they can, it ranges four to 14, just out of control, like just madness. And so I go in there and, and, you know, like one of the first things he says is like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a couple uh, little lines of something, something, you know, it's all good, though. You know, everything's good. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? So like the party had already started and and um, I just felt bad because, you know, he's a friend of the family and, you know, I know his parents really well. And like it's just it, 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 it upset me, and so like I had to have a comment. I I told the guys I was like, hey, you know, we might not be able to stay here because I I don't know how this is gonna pan out, and it ended up being okay, and and he, dude kept it out of my face, and you know I, I I hate to see people suffer like that. I know what that is, and we had like a real heart to heart, but. It doesn't matter how much you talk to somebody, how heartfelt you had, heart, how heartfelt a conversation is with somebody. If they're not ready to do it, they're not ready. So I don't know. I guess he threw a whole year away, and um, now he inherited some woman and her kids. 
and um that's weird uh but you know like so like there was no real comfort there was no like chill like so when we were done partying and stuff for the day coming back there was just like these kids were yelling and screaming and like who knows what he's doing and I mean, I just don't like that element of narcotics brings, you know, I mean, as someone who's done enough narcotics has hung out with enough people on narcotics and and sold narcotics in his time. I know (laughs) what that vibe is, and I do not like that vibe anymore. I'm a father, a husband. I, you know, like I have too much. I have too much at stake to be fucking around with any of that noise. So he kept it on my face, and that was very respectful. And you know, I love him. I love him to death. Um, you know. Anyways, so uh, let's see. So that's just the first fucking day. Jesus Christ, we've been going for a while here. So let's see. Day two, we decide. Uh, we decide to just hang out in in San Antonio, and and it just so happens that San Antonio had the South by Southwest of of Tejano festivals all weekend long. It's not the South by Southwest, but there are some really big bands there that I've never heard of, but who are huge down there. And it was great. Like we hung out in San Antonio. We saw the Alamo. We, uh, we went to these, we saw some cumbia bands and me and Sam sort of like buddied up and we we're just hanging out, checking out all these wonderful musicians. And it was just such an awesome vibe. Like people were so nice. And it was just like, it's Tejano Festival, so, you know, there's tons of Mexicans out, and, and they had their, like, little local Mexican dance that they were doing there. That I love that. I love that so much. I love going to different cities and seeing their local dances. Like, like in NOLA, they got the buck jumping, and, and even in, uh, um, not Nashville, but what's the other one? Um, what's the other big city in uh, Tennessee? Jeez Louise, Memphis? Yes, Memphis. In Memphis, they kind of do like a buck jumping thing too. So like I love like regional dances that you see people doing that they just that's part of their like little culture that's you know, their little their little lexicon of of culture down there. So it was awesome. I loved it. But we were at the main stage, which was underneath this overpass, which made horrible like slapbacks, and and it just like it was just boomy, super reverby, just not a good place to. I, I you would think it would be a good place. It seemed like a good idea, but it just didn't pan out. I don't think. Anyways, so me and Sam, the other keyboard player, and Skanks, the rapper guy. Oh, I didn't even talk about. I don't think I can talk about it. Never mind. I can't talk about that. <laughs> Let me just tell you, somebody was invited to, and it wasn't me, uh, DMT sex party in the like tech billionaire mansion in the hills. One of us, uh, I don't know, one of the friends, one of our friends kind of had a crazy experience and got his chakras aligned and then met the lady's husband the next morning after he got done banging her and... And then there was just some, like, weird DMT sex party. That's about all I can say because without going any further, I mean, like, the lady's a celebrity and, you know, my friend is not a celebrity, but he is, you know, he appreciates his anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymity? Anyway, so Thursday, so we get in Wednesday, Thursday, we're at the festival. And, um... 
me and my boy Sam we're just we're just checking out the music and I look around you know just checking out the scene and there's this guy who's sort of in this middle of this circle of people who are kind of keeping a radius away from him and he's wearing a long brown trench coat he doesn't have on long pants he must have shorts on or whatever is on underneath there and then he had like desert storm type boots like just these crazy army boots and he was looking around he had sunglasses on he was looking around all sweaty he looked like he was holding something underneath his trench coat and i said to sam i was like this guy is either about to show his pecker to some kids or it's about to fucking go down in here um i was high as fuck and paranoid and i was like uh-uh, i'm not doing this fuck this so i uh, uh i was like dude we should get out of here because like he, this dude's I, I was convinced this dude was an active shooter i'm just like no this dude has a gun or he's gonna show us his dick either way i don't want to be a part of it so <laughs> we went and told skins like hey dude we're jetting out this guy over here is freaking us out and I couldn't really, it didn't really stick out to me, but you could, when I look at it in hindsight and I remember this radius around this, around this person, like it, it sticks out now because he was freaking a lot of people out and there's a lot of families there. There, you know, like there's a lot of people there. It was a huge festival in San Antonio. San Antonio is not a small city. So me and Sam just bounced and um i think we had to go walking we did like the million mile walk just to find a bottle of water and just to find out we didn't have to leave the festival at all but it was nice we got to see the city we walked around the city and so when we get back we meet up with our boy with skanks and he was like yo so one of my dudes from he's from california um, skanks is from central valley he's like one of my dudes from central valley who lives in his town it was at the festival he flew in just for that festival that's how big of a festival it is and it's completely free by the way it was just also amazing um i was definitely digging on my mexican roots man i was totally cumbia and doing all the fucking moves it was tight uh <laughs> But so his boy flies in and they end up seeing each other and they say, what's up? And this dude, he said that his boy was looking at that guy with the trench coat on. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that my bandmates were telling me they left because these guy is over here freaking people out. So his boy walks up to homeboy, collars that grab him, grips him up by the collar. And this is what Skanks is telling us, you know, afterwards, because we were gone. We were like not sticking around to find out what happened took this dude by the collar and was like you gotta go <laughs> and tossed his ass out of the festival just a regular citizen just a regular californian a, Me- a mexicano from central valley uh and fucking kicked this dude out and fuck that guy you know and 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 i was telling sam i was like you know like if that dude was pranking people then fuck him anyways if or and if he was for real then i'm glad he nothing went down because he was sitting there freaking people out and and in today's climate that's just unacceptable fuck you if you think that's funny fuck you like those kids who were throwing i mean that's just funny i mean it's funny when you watch it on youtube but when you're in in it like it's fucked up like when you see those kids dress up like in jihadi or they try to do the jihadi throw the book bag prank at people and scream a lot and they're all dressed up in like muslim garb you know and um 
throw a book bag at somebody and yell a lot and start running and it freaks people out. Fuck you. That's not funny. I mean, I laughed, of course, because I'm a dick. But I would never do that to anybody. <laughs> and those guys end up getting arrested. They end up getting their ass whooped. I mean, just some pranks are just are just too far. So if that guy was pranking, fuck that guy. What an asshole. So that was Thursday. <laughs> Thursday was great. We just ate and uh, we survived an active shooter. <laughs> so Friday we ended up going back to the festival we headed into Austin and the one thing that I was not looking forward to Austin is that the parking is terrible especially for the festival and you're paying at least $50 to park all day somewhere 50 to 60 and plus to on top of that there's people homeless people who scour the lots who act like they are the lot attendant and they'll they charge $20 and then you still have to pay because they're, you're not supposed to. It even says on signs, do not pay lot attendant. And these guys like, you got to pay me $20. I was like, bullshit. I talked to you last year. The same dude tried doing it. So I was hip to the game. So what we figured out was um, uh, in San Antonio and Austin, they have the birds um that lift lift has these scooters they're like razors razor has their own brand of public scooters it's just like a scooter that you scan on your phone and it charges you like a dollar to start and then it's like 15 cents a mile fucking amazing greatest invention since uber itself since lift itself because we decided because we were gonna throw down we were gonna be like oh 20 bucks it was just me chris and sam um and we were all just like, fuck it, we'll just all throw 20 bucks at it and just park. And then Chris was like, dude, fuck that. We're only like two miles, we we're like two miles away from the festival and and the, and the uh, Google Maps was like, you're still half hour away. You're two miles away from your destination, but you're half hour away because it was rush hour by the time we got into town on Friday. So he was like, dude, we should just fucking ride those birds fucking you know park in this neighborhood here because we were in like a pretty we pulled over to use the bathroom and and uh reset and just figure out what we're gonna do and we decided to park in this really nice affluent uh community and there was a cluster of birds and we just rode the birds into town and it was so great it was so fun i mean like it was, I would say it would be the best way to experience the festival is to like ride through the city because the city is so gorgeous, so gorgeous. So we get down to the festival and, you know, we go eat and I have some like Venice, uh, Venezuelan f uh, food. Uh, what do you call them? They're like the little panini almost. They're like sandwiches. Ugh. No, they're like gorditas, but they're, um, who cares? Anyways, I have one there. It's, it's incredible. So we were, we were looking for some a show to see, and, and I checked the itinerary because South by Southwest sends everybody like an itinerary of like the highlights. And I noticed it was like, oh, well, there's this stage. It's an outdoor stage. We can go check it out. I didn't read like who was playing. I was just like, oh, it's a show. We'll just go see it because it's all about checking out the local scene or, or like independent artists anyways. We go to this big thing, and it turns out Chris left his cell phone charger in the car his battery is is, is uh is uh 
portable battery in the car and his phone's about to die and that's how you get your birds is you need a phone to take the picture or else it won't go so he has to ride his ass back to the car and then get his charger so me and sam end up going into this big outdoor uh venue that they set up on the river like right behind the the stevie uh stevie ray vaughn statue right there on the river um and so like we walk up to this thing and all of a sudden i'm hearing this awesome like just down tempo type hip-hop r&b and it turns out to be carrie foe uh who i didn't know of before i got there but she's had songs on uh insecure on hbo and and she's doing well she's coming up and she her new her last out ep is just so fucking cool it's just super like stoner hip-hop r&b sexy as fuck uh, and but her other stuff, she has some like ratchet shit too, which is dope. I like ratchet shit too. So, uh, I think she has a song. It's like, bitch, I'm taking calls, no small talk. Bitch, I'm taking calls, no small talk. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it was amazing. It she kicked it. So. We ended up going over, like, Capital One had, like, this little area where you could charge your phone, and then they had free samples of coffee, and if you play this game, they give you, like, a Bluetooth speaker, so we're just hanging out there, and um, I'm charging my phone, and Sam comes back from the bathroom, and he's like, dude, big boy's about to play. I mean, and I was like, you mean, like, like Outcast big boy? He was like, yeah, dude, fucking big boy's about to play. I was like, what the fuck? So... Not only did Big Boy play, we had no idea what we stumbled on. We basically stumbled upon this. And, and they were doing all the Outkast hits. And he did it really... I, I loved how Big Boy did it. He he did, like, his verse. He did a couple of hooks. And, and that was it. You know, he did a hook, his verse, hook, next song, DJ played it. You know, so it was the... So not only was it Big Boy of Outkast doing the hits, which it's not the same without Andre, but... I don't care. It's Big Boy. That's amazing. He brings out Goody Mob with CeeLo Green. I'm like, holy shit. Fuck yeah. So that's a bootleg show. That's going to be uh, probably the final release. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to split these up. I'm going to split them up into several different things i guess and, and in fact like i just feel like this has been so much that maybe i should just stop here and then pick up on another time and, and finish out the rest of the week because i was in texas for six days but anyways we'll see what, what happens i'm running out of time here i have to go pick up my son here in 15 minutes so i can't imagine i still have 15 minutes worth of shit but i talk slow so who fucking knows uh so so we watched this big boy show we watched goody mob we watched CeeLo green with goody mob and yes he does crazy and he does this insane version of it that's just so huge and orchestral and uh orchestral and uh is gorgeous it was awesome it was just such a beautiful night of course i ate a couple mushrooms uh we were smoking weed so like the vibes were fucking in full blast you know like everything was going good super stimulated beautiful vibes going around everyone's nice and like austin the women there are so nice the people there are so fucking nice and i didn't mean to just zero out the women uh, women are nice because I, I don't know, they, they don't make themselves available to you, but they're not like unapproachable. Like you go to Southern California and women can be just unapproachable. You just like, how do I even talk to this person? 
you know, that's just the culture. And I'm not talking shit. That's their right. They don't want... In California, you just get scummed on by every scummy fucking dude everywhere. I mean, that's everywhere. But in any case, Austin just has like a very a southern hospitality feel. But it has like a very modern. I was saying that it was like uh, it was like San Francisco before the tech boom sort of like ruined that place. Um, but uh, tech is ruining Austin too. Apparently, I guess Google and Amazon are all there, so like they have hubs there and they have um, offices downtown there. So I guess it's starting to get overtaken, but it still has this beautiful cultural like uh, vibrance to it that still echoes from the past of of, of the old Austin. You know, it's just nice. So we watched the show. And, you know, we, we were just trying to figure out, should we go back to the festival? But Sam had to fly out early, and and uh, so we decided to just sort of head home. But beforehand, on the way to the car to get his charger, Chris found this crazy little walkway that f- sort of built over the river that's almost like Tron. It's just this lit-up pathway. And so he was like, dude, we got to go ride this shit. This shit is so awesome. We ended up riding this thing for miles. It was so awesome. It was just this thing that goes over the river. And we're just flying through it. I'm tripping a little. like, And it was just a micro dose. It wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, my God. It wasn't where I was unsafe operating, even though I probably should not have been operating anything. Uh, so it was a beautiful night, just beautiful vibes. I, and I was able to capture that bootleg show of Big Boy, which will be coming out probably next week or the week after. And... Um, we head back to San Antonio, and um, of course the kids are wide awake, screaming all night. But we go to bed, and it was it was just a good night. And the, Sam and Skanks they get up early and fly out. Skanks decide to stay in San Antonio and stay with some friends and just hang out. Um, so the next morning, Saturday morning, I I have it in my head is like I got invited to go see the inverters, so um, I was heading back up to the festival anyways. So I dropped off Chris in the afternoon and headed up to the festival. Met up with Thomas, who drummed with us for the Austin gig, and and this was his gig with his band, the Inverters. Checked it out, bootlegged them. It was great. Um, gonna have Al on trying to work out his schedule here. Um. And we'll play the bootleg with that. And then um, I just hung out with Thomas's friends. And that's when I met Brad Lewis. And I met um, Joey from, what was it, uh, Archaic 3, which is another ska band in uh, in uh, Austin there. And uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm planning these, uh, these, these uh, podcasts for the future. So be on the lookout for them. So just sort of wrap up the rest of the week. Um, uh, the next day after Saturday, I, on Sunday, I just spent at, in, in San Antonio. I just took a day to just sort of chill. I left the house where I was staying because I just there was no chill there. The kids w- slept until 2, and after 2 was a fucking nightmare. And, you know, so, like, I just never felt super comfortable there, so I never had a chance to just sort of let go and just, like, really relax. I was never really relaxed because in my mind, some like tweaker was going to come looking for a sack and murder everybody in the house. That's just where my head goes. Okay. So we, uh, 
uh so i spend all day i go to this nice y in san antonio i go to the river walk i do a bunch of touristy stuff i get people's like gifts and stuff and and i fly out tuesday morning super early so like you know sunday i go around and i and i hit up north st mary street which is sort of the strip of bars that have like rock and roll and and like cool it's the cool like where like the hipsters kind of go to watch music in san antonio and on St. Mary Street is this incredible place called, what the fuck is it called? It's called Monster Something. Oh, my God. Why have I forgotten the name? So, it's an incredible fucking guitar shop. Let me just say. Um, it has, like, vintage foot pedals. It has as old guitars and i'm gonna put a video together and kind of to sort of show you guys what's up and i actually want to talk to joe who owns the place but it's called robot monster guitar and collectibles i was in there until they closed talking to one of the workers there i i went back the next day talked to a guy there and i wanted to i wish he would have let me podcast with him and and talk because he had such a great story about being a bass player and like in pig face or something or pig something out of chicago there's some hardcore metal band i don't know anyways so i ended up uh finding out this open jam that was monday night and i was planning on monday just going and get a hotel for the last night just so i could really relax and chill out but uh, and I was going to get it close to Austin because I had to be in Austin by like 5.30 in the morning. And I had to drop off the rental and get to the plane and blah, blah, blah. So what I ended up doing was I stayed in San Antonio because I just wanted to do this open jam. And I just wanted to lay some groundwork and, and just figure shit out and, and just meet some of the musicians and maybe get a podcast. So I go to this open jam Monday night and... Um, uh, I end up meeting this girl who's just sort of on this tour. She, her name was Valerie Lopez. And uh, she played beautifully. And we ended up doing a podcast right there in the back patio of the bar. And it was great. But what what I ended up doing was I think I pushed a little too hard on personal issues for her. And she shut the fuck down. While I was out in San Antonio, Raina sent me the Oprah interview with uh, Michael Jackson because i mean it's about done now but a few weeks ago uh, a couple documentaries came out about my leaving neverland and it kind of reignited these um you know these allegations of pedophilia towards michael jackson and the and and, and the sh the movies are fucked up it's just it's hard to watch but anyways so i ended up talking to her and uh, and i noticed that push that oprah wasn't afraid to push for an answer and um and even push michael jackson who was reluctant to do the interview anyways and so i was like dude i'm doing that and so i was like no push 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 a little harder not too much but i pushed too hard so she shut down so that's in a couple weeks too uh we'll talk to valerie and uh, she was just a doll she's so she's just a dear person she's such a nice person from la it was it was a nice it was really nice so monday night i ended up going back to my friend's house where i was staying and he's like dude i want to give you something um he, he and he's like here he hands me like this big chunk off of mexican brick weed and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do with this dude and he's like bro just take it with you just take it on the plane it's cool and i'm like 
fuck but it's texas i was like you think that they'll take me to jail here he's like bro it's texas and then uh, uh, no i'm not gonna mention that and then he shows me something i didn't want to see uh, not his dick either but anyways he, so he goes and he wraps this fucking thing and coffee grounds oil and duct tape and he's like here you go bro they'll never know i was like dude this looks like i'm fucking trafficking drugs He's like, nah, dude, it's cool. They won't even know us. It's for the dogs. And it's like, oh, my God. So I get an hour of sleep that night, and I get up, and I drive into Austin, and I'm just thinking, it's like, should I just throw this thing away? I take it because if I wouldn't have, he would have been up my ass about it. And uh, I just commit. I'm like, fuck it. I mean, it's just weed. I'm so sick of these stupid, archaic weed laws. So I get to the airport, I check in, and the first thing I do and walk by are the fucking dogs. The fucking dogs were there. And I walk right by it, just sweating dick. Not one peep. So, um, yeah, I just went through security, flew home, and then that day I was pretty worthless. But, you know, I, I, I hung out with the family, kind of. I was just out of it went to family dinner even uh, and uh you know and then a couple of days later i ended up having to put my dog down which was last thursday and so it's just been no real relaxing i got home i had to work and i've been working on this new project with filming stuff and taking pictures but uh got a lot of stuff coming up and and i'm excited to release these next few podcasts so um why don't we jump into Brad Lewis? That's it for me for now. Uh, rest in peace, Kaya, my dog. I loved my dog, and uh, that was really hard for me, but that's a whole nother podcast, so uh, I've been crying all weekend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's jump over to Brad Lewis of Hairline Inc. and learn a bit, little bit about marketing your band. <laughs> We're in New York City. New York. Right by Penn Station. Wow. 35th and 7th Avenue. This is your company. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Okay, and, uh, crazy. we have an office in Chicago, and then we have an office in, in San Antonio. Now, the office is... That, that, that's an actual place where the tattooing goes down. Yeah, when you exactly. say office, it's yeah. not like a HQ or anything. It's, a, no. it's a, where people are tattooing. That's where they do the procedure, yeah. Okay, so you answered the right phone call. I mean, like, please, just... I mean, so, me. yeah, I had a guy, a guy that I knew um, from college... He shot a lot of video, so this guy named Jonathan met my friend Zach, and Jonathan did this procedure, and um, so Zach shot some video, and he said he needed a website, and I designed websites, and so that turned into, it sounds like you need a partner to run the business side while you do you, because I... I can help this grow while you work. So and he was so, the one with the talent. Yeah, totally. And the, and the procedure. Yeah, exactly. And you were the one who was like, oh, I know how to make this work. Yeah, like, totally. As like a money-making thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so what's your background? What'd you go to school for? I went to school for a year for marketing. I didn't do great, and I left. Nice. Um, all, since I was 15, I've made websites okay. and uh, like you're just one of those kids. Sold stuff on the internet and 
know how to do search engine optimization so people can find me. I'm good at advertising. And so I worked at a job as a marketing director for a long time at a pretty big multi-million dollar year agency. Um, yeah, I just after I started Hairline Inc., I did Hairline Inc. at night, like six hours a night after work. And uh, after about a year, we were making enough money so I could quit my job, and I've been doing it full time for three years now. So it's tight. How did? So how did? What was your approach when you were like? Because obviously it started with one guy with one idea. How did you, what was, what was your method of expanding that and getting that into the heads and the, and the, in front of people's faces so they know about it? Like how, did, how does one do that? Um, I think that's a really broad question. It is. Because <laughs> I don't know nothing about this. hiring the right video people and getting in on Facebook ads when it was really cheap. Ah. And um, At three years ago. Yeah. And so at this, you know, we've been picked up. We got featured by Insider, so they did a video for us. It got about 20 million views. So that kind of sent us viral. And then, um, yeah, I mean, ever since then, we attract about 50,000 people to our website a month. Um, both of our clinics in New York and Chicago that are established are booked about four or five weeks out at a time. And uh, we hope to get there soon with San Antonio. So, so when you're about to go into a new market and introduce this to, to a new market, what's the first thing that you do? Like, so for the San Antonio thing, what's the first thing you did to sort of, you know, let people know that it's coming? Press release, um, Facebook ad campaign, Google search campaign. Our SEO is really strong on our website, so if people are searching for hair restoration, San Antonio, I make sure we're coming up on Google. Um, and yeah, just a lot of marketing dollars because I know the formula and I know if I put in X, I get back Y. And as long as that's yeah. higher than X, then I can throw endless money at it. So gotcha. We gotcha. Just kind of, so, we, so you, I, we've just developed a system with our ads where people are exposed to it, they visit our website, then we send them a different kind of ads depending on what they saw on our website, and then kind of nurture them specifically for what they might need. And then we're no pressure, we don't ever push sales, we don't reward sales as like a, it's not a, an incentive yeah. for our staff. And so it's really just about being honest. This isn't a great fit for everybody, and we'll tell you that. And I just think we develop a lot of trust with people. Right, yeah, because I imagine people with odd-shaped heads like myself, it might not be such a hot idea. Um, I mean... Yes, maybe no. I don't know. Yeah, I have to look a little bit more. But I see what you did. So, were you guys in those situations where like maybe it wouldn't be best? Are you guys upfront about that? Be like, hey man, this for might sure. not be cool for you. We just say you don't really qualify for this procedure. Um, what does this mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Hey, talk to us. Take it off. 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 Take it off.
They have music, right? They have the music. I don't know what anything is. You were gonna go to Holy Cow? Well, I thought you were gonna go to Holy Cow. But I was just being funny and honest. I can tell our relationship is severed. So, what is a. What would you suggest to, like, um. Maybe like a band that doesn't have a lot of cachet, and they're coming to your town. What would you suggest to sort of get people there? I know that's not your specialty, but I'm just curious because this is a music podcast. No, I mean I've dealt with that before. I've helped my friends with bands, and if you're gonna play a gig at a show, honestly, if you can't take. 10 or 20 percent of what you know you're going to be making if you make 200 bucks take 20 or 40 dollars and you need a video of your band playing one song and talk about what bands you're similar to and run ads to people who have visited that venue within the last six months that's a targeting feature that you can use within facebook advertising oh my god so you, so you can actually target people who've been to a specific place within the last 180 days. So if the venue is playing that kind of music all the time, and a lot of venues stick to one style, you're gonna be hitting people who checked in there or were on Facebook and liked a post from there because Facebook knows where you fucking are all the time. Yes, yeah. And so, that's, that's so if you that's are like at the venue- That's like brilliantly evil. I love it. It's just, it, I know. it makes sense that it's easy. You can also find bands who've played there that are local and you can make an ad group that is people who've been there in the last six months and like one of 20 pages so if you pick 20 you know let's say you feel like you're similar to the strokes well do people who've been to that venue in the last 180 days and like the strokes on facebook and then if you're running your ad in the feed and you say inspired by you know, Zeppelin, The Strokes, and The Chili Peppers, we're coming to blank venue. That makes everybody comfortable with it. And you're hitting the right people. So your 20 or 40 bucks, 10% of what you're making from that night is gonna go a long way. And it's not just to all the college kids, and it's not to people with kids at home that can't come out on a Thursday. You can literally target single people. You can target people who don't have kids. You can target people who rent instead of homeowners because younger people typically don't own homes these days and we rent so it's all just about thinking who do I want to come to this show and just fucking pony up put the money into Facebook and get a big turnout and you'll get invited back next time yeah wow that's really awesome so is that sort of that, I mean, that specific, do you attribute a lot of your guys' growth to that specific kind of targeting? Absolutely. I mean, like, it doesn't really do me a lot of good to advertise to people who are perfectly fine with the way that their hair is right now or, um, you know, and the, I've advertised for a lot of products and it's just always really important to write down, okay, there are maybe four different kinds of people who will come to my show uh-huh. and then think about things that they like maybe they like if you're a punk rock band there's one g- kind of guy that likes skateboarding that's going to come to your show so run a skateboarding video with your music in the background and say coming you know august 7th and target people who are into skateboarding and there's another group of people who are just metalheads
events. So target them and make a really high intensity video that shows everybody raging down at your show. And so it's about thinking about, there's not just one kind of person that'll like what we do. There's probably eight or 10 different demographics or like personas of people. And so you gotta tap into those and make content for each of those people. And with Facebook, that's really easy. Their minimum ad spend is $5 a day. Um, 40 bucks will get you eight days of ads to some very specific people. And if you can get those people out, then you can take off. And even if they don't come out, you can drop a link to your SoundCloud or your Bandcamp or, you know, there's all kinds of Either stuff way, you're you funneling do. people to the, the band. For sure. An another really easy thing to do, and if you take anything away from this, it would, this would probably be the easiest, low-cost tip. It'll take you time, and that's it. But go on Instagram, find the venue that you're playing at, and go to the list of people that like that venue, as well as the people who've engaged with the venue's last nine posts. And then go to those people's pages and like them and comment on their stuff and get them to go to your page and the first post you should have says, I'm playing that venue. Because clearly they follow it, they're into that music, and that's totally free. Yeah. The other cool thing is everybody has Instagram notifications on. So if a random likes you, you will see it. Everybody sees it. That's the hack right now. And that's the hack for getting booked. People don't respond to emails right now. Everybody's over it. But if you message the venue on Instagram, somebody's reading that. And somebody's gonna see that and likely respond or at least check you out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way more likely than somebody getting 20 emails a day. I was just, you know what, I was just thinking that the other day because I'm booking a, um, a summer tour for uh, me and uh, my wife's act. And... Nobody answers the email. It's all Facebook Messenger or Instagram. Or Instagram. And uh, it's like, what the fuck's the point of having an email for this shit anymore? But, but what I do find when I'm booking out like that, when you're talking to people, um, you end up talking to people who handle, like so, like specifically handle, um, uh, uh, like uh, social media. Um, and it's not usually the booker themselves. Well, you but they, you, they direct you, me. But you, direct you double down. You send the email and then you hit the Instagram yeah, totally. and you say, "Hey, I sent you guys an attachment from a show yeah. I did last week. I just wanted to make sure it got to the right person. Can you help me out? Like, compliment them. <laughs> Tell them, hey, cool page. I really like what you're doing." Compliments are free and they make everybody feel good. They're open with a compliment. Just politely ask them if they've checked your email. Show them that you're active and that you care. And it's like uh, if you're applying for a job, you turn in the interview, but you're supposed to like call a couple days later. Right. Or, or make sure you're handing it to the manager. So it's just that double down where you email it and then you also hit them on the Instagram. Well, now there's maybe at least two people at that venue who know who you are and they may have a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. I got you. That's actually like really valuable information. I was just curious, like, because the Google thing, that that is just mystifying. Like, you were talking about like getting specific Google ads, spitting on myself, sorry, that was gross. Um, 
what how do you use like the Google ads and how you how do you use Google for getting the message out? I use Google in a lot of ways, but I don't know that that helps bands. Right. But um, the most important thing for a band is making sure if somebody Googles your name that you're actually coming up. So if I, you know, if you go see a show this weekend and it's a local indie band and they don't have a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, a LinkedIn, everything, you got to give yourself all the chances you can to show up. Because if I go to search for your band and I can't find you, I might forget about you. And that's happened to me recently. And, you know, we're at South by right now, so I've gone to look up a band and I literally can't find them. Or you named your Instagram something terrible that's not related to your band name. Like, you gotta make sure people are trying to find you. They have to be able to find you. And if you make that hard on them, you won't grow. One thing that I know just from my minimal experience is making consistency across platforms. Exactly. So making sure that your name is consistently like. Yo, the inverters. What is, it? is that their name? The it is. Yeah, so it's, you know, make so sure it's the inverters, the inverters everywhere, not just inverters on Instagram right, or, right. The you know, bottom or underscore. Or, you know, and if you have a band name that somebody's tried before, make sure you include your city because if, if I'm searching for the inverters and I can't find you at the first search, maybe my second search is the inverters Austin. Right. So at least make your Facebook URL, the inverters band Austin or something that's easy. What would you search if you're looking for a band? Right. Make it easy on people. That's tight. Okay, cool, man. Well, hey, can you say your name one more time just so people... Yeah, I'm Brad Lewis. And, and uh, you can follow me at Brad Lewis. <laughs> and um, my company's Hairline Inc. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate you sitting down and sharing that valuable information with me. Uh, Brad actually does consulting work for marketing, online marketing and um, all kinds of stuff. So if you are interested in contacting Brad, I'm sure he would be happy to go into in depth and work with your company. I mean, he's uh, this is what he gets paid to do. So uh, Hairline Inc. is his company. Go ahead and click on that link in the show notes if you are interested in learning more about it and uh, at Brad Lewis on Instagram to uh, follow Brad and uh, check out what he's all about uh, and you probably contact him through that too so uh, one more thing I wanted to add was that whole going through Instagram the hashtags searching out uh, a hashtag that might pertain to whatever your brand or whatever like if you're a musician or if I like for instance for me a music podcast searching out music podcasts going in interacting with those folks and with those other podcasts and and like I said it's I've already seen results like I I've, I've jumped up a few you know followers uh, and I realize that interaction is always gonna garner more followers but <clears throat> it, it it's so hard to put so much time into in uh social media but it is important uh i've learned that over just talking to people i i learned that from mighty white who he has uh, award-winning credits he he helped compose some of the music for the blind side you know uh, uh oscar I think award-winning, Oscar award-winning movie. He he scored some of this, and he's just a local guy here in Toledo, Ohio. 
Um, but he has this great credit on his resume, but since he doesn't have an online presence, he doesn't have a social media presence, he misses out on some work. Now, I'm not saying that he's missing out on, you know, that big mansion, you know, <laughs> but he's missing out on enough work to notice and to also uh, mention that when we were talking, you know, so like that was one of the points he made was, you know, you might want to uh, invest some time into social media. Uh, because people are looking for that, especially uh, when you're selling your music for, oh, especially when you're selling your music for uh, for product placement and and ads, you know, um, yeah, it, it's pretty. Uh, sometimes the people, the advertisers, or the, your potential client wants to know if you have an online presence because sometimes you know these people these soundcloud producers soundcloud rappers they get work because they have the metrics to back that up so uh, it, it's interesting you know like like advertisers look at that they look at uh your online presence and they'll use that to their advantage when they hire you to create music for their products uh, you, you know, like it's just part of the marketing now. It, it's like if you already have this big reach, then they want access to your your followers. And so it's going to allow by working with them, it's going to open up the access to your followers. Give give the the your client access to your uh, metrics or your followers. And, and it, it's just how it's working now. It's so crazy. It's my wife is doing something currently that's uh, I can't really talk about because she signed an NDA and she can't tell me anything either. So, but she's working for a big uh, motor, uh, a big uh, uh, vehicle, big vehicle, <laughs> a big car company located in Detroit. Uh, there's several, uh, if you didn't know that. Uh, so she's doing this for a car release and uh she's they're kind of just filming for instagram and uh it's interesting it's like they only want these little snippets these minute long snippets they don't even want a whole youtube video to go viral they just want uh viral instagram snippets and, and that's where we're at because social media is 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 mostly free um, if you want to really target people, you have to pay for advertising. But I mean, it's one of the easiest and and most accessible ways of advertising now. So I mean, this is no surprise to anybody, and I know a lot of people out there that might be listening to this might be like, "Yeah, duh, I know that." But it's very surprising how many people don't know this kind of information. So I thought this was great, and and I feel like this the interview with Brad was a great embodiment of what South by Southwest it, what uh, is to me. Um, I I saw so many people making connections. I met a lot of people. I made connections. You know, like I'm laying groundwork for 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 future projects that I want to do to. to in texas and uh it was great it's this networking party man it's it's so cool Uh, so i overheard this other podcaster talking to somebody in the hall i was like yeah i interviewed uh this guy He, he came to south by southwest without any credentials and he just just by going to these shows he was talking to people uh, he didn't have press credentials or anything. I think he just had regular armband 
that just allowed him to go to the shows. And he talked to a band, sort of like what I was doing, but he kind of scheduled it beforehand. And the interview went so well that the this particular person who he was interviewing somehow got him like press credentials and then wanted him to go and do these like bigger interviews for other bands or whatever whatever the case was i wasn't sure exactly what to do but like that's what's so cool about south by southwest is that like you can play a show and if it goes really well and the crowd's very responsive they'll have you back playing in the same week um and and you you see you see a lot of these bands who come through there and do these showcases, their social media goes crazy. I mean, like it's crazy. Like, like it's beautiful because South by Southwest has embraced this whole technological aspect of marketing and, 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 and the independent artist and using these, this festival as a means to, to, to network and to reach out and, and to expand and, and that's what we're looking for, especially as a podcaster, especially as a musician. Um, I, I just looking to expand, you know, like it, the more you and, and the way I say, it, especially as a podcaster, is the more that you kind of spread your wings out, the, the bigger the pool is to draw from. So like right now I have potential. Uh, I'm working out dates with some Texas uh, bands that uh I would have never had access to if I didn't go to South by Southwest and meet these guys. You know, like, that's a whole nother audience to sort of dip your toe into, the Austin, Texas audience. Uh, last year, it was the Mau Mau Chaplains, who uh, everybody knows who the Mau Mau Chaplains is in Austin. They're they're just a local institution for reggae, uh, and, uh, and their home is the Flamingo Cantina, which Angela from the Flamingo Cantina is just an awesome person incredible person who's just run this incredible bar for so fucking long and and i just i have to just say thank you angela thank you flamingo cantita that the fucking my experience playing there is always just amazing and and uh we're supposed to be going back in the summer so i'm looking forward to all that so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna switch gears and um, let's go and listen to, now this was the first band that I even saw at South By, and they were the ones who opened up for uh, Skanks Roots Project. Their name is Papachina. Uh, I believe they're from Colombia. Hold on, let me take a look. I can't read any of their bio stuff because it's all in, uh, in Spanish, but they are, um, they are from Ar Armenia. Colombia, Ar Armenia, Colombia. <laughs> They're fucking awesome. They're so cool. So I got there, like I said, I got there a little bit before we had to play, and um, and and uh, we had a recorder going, uh, set up. We had it placed, and it, it, we just hit record because there's when you're setting up your stuff, you don't have time to really going like oh hold on guys before we start let me go push record so i hit record or, or some we had the recorder replaced 
or placed and uh, it was recording the band before his Papachina. and so this is the last of their set it's not very long and I figured we'll just play this out I have a, a good amount of music that I'm going to be releasing I'm going to do some bootleg shows I just wanted to sort of round out this episode because it's a recap it's an interview and then it's music and that's kind of fits the format of this show it, it's shit i don't who knows what the format of this show is man i don't know who fucking knows we're just going here people so <laughs> this is papachina i'm gonna put their links in the show notes so you guys can go find them on facebook and go check them out man they, they're great and and they were just the coolest people too i mean they could barely speak english but like they were fucking killing it so, and this is the type of shit that I'm talking about where you make these connections with bands from fucking Colombia. Like, that's incredible. So, okay, guys. So, I'm going to play this out. Um, thank you so much for, for staying with me. If you're here, if you made it this far, congratulations. You got through all my stammering on the recap. Um, I, like I said, I got Big Boy and Good, Goody Mob. I got the live show at from South by Southwest coming up. Um, I got an artist out of L.A. who I met in San Antonio named Valerie Lopez coming up. Locally, I got I got uh, Hank from Bacano is going to be on the show. Bacano, uh, Bacano is a local jam band. I I don't think they really care for the jam band part. Uh, I don't. I think they're more prog. I've talked to some of the guys in the band just in passing and stuff, and they they, they I think they lean more towards prog than anything. But uh, so we're gonna find out. We'll ask Hank what he thinks. <laughs> so Hank and Andrew from uh, Frogtown Glass. Uh, wait a second. Glass. <laughs> I can't. I can't say it right now. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, I love you, man, but I just can't say Frog Town Glass Roots. There it is, folks. And then I'm gonna be talking to the Shaking Shivers. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, folks. So, uh, stay tuned. Oh, the Inverters. Al from the Inverters should be coming on. So, we're gonna hop over to the Flamingo Cantina. This is the this is the day that uh, Skanks Roots Project played, and um, this is just Papachina, just the last of their set. It's not very many songs. So, enjoy Papachina and do go follow them on Facebook and shit. Um, you can follow We Speak English on Instagram at We Speak English Good uh, and also at, uh, on Facebook. You can follow us and uh, on uh, or subscribe, I should say. You should <laughs> subscribe on iTunes. You can share the podcast. You can leave a review. That helps. Everything helps. Uh, you can also go to www.wespeakenglishgood.net and check out the newly redesigned uh, podcast website of the century. Uh, oh, also, go check out reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and check out the new album, 1018, me and my lovely wife, Raina, uh, co-wrote this album and uh, we're just super proud of it and we're about to be performing a lot so in april we are hitting the hitting the pavement we're gonna be playing so check reinamystique.com for uh, our show dates you can uh and follow her on instagram too reinamystique and uh, and uh, you can follow my instagram or no, i'm sorry well my i do have an instagram i think it's like mike underscore ep and then on facebook it's just mike ep <laughs> and uh that's it i think that's everything right i think 
Shit. Okay, I've been going for a long time. This was a really long solo cast type situation. So uh, I appreciate you guys sticking in there. And uh, again, thank you, Brad Lewis from Hairline Inc. And let's jump over to Papachina and they will play us out. Okay, guys, I'll see you next week with uh, with uh, some uh, more awesome footage and uh, stuff that I got from South by Southwest. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Papachina!
Graças a gente é o sim.
Argentina from Colombia. Thank you. Daniel Hernandez. Oh.